Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, all good things come to an end. Jake pushes the big red button. Chuck Bucks are up. And we are joined by a back-to-back regional champion. By now, Chuck Bucks are up. By Chuck now. Bucks are by now, before... Before the stock drops like a California bank, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're still already dropping. I'm pretty right. sure. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Uh, it was it was fun. Uh, our Discord was popping today with a bunch of different topics, um, and then uh, I I threw you under the bus a little bit, and then like you just re- re- uh, responded with some uh, some heat there, and then uh, you know it was it was it was fun. I don't really know how to explain it. Explain it if you want to. You could go ahead for it. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, uh, there was. I mean, it's been the Chuck conversation has been going on for a couple of days over the weekend, but because um, we have Jake Coin too, which is yeah, not as not as liquid apparently. Yeah, I, I don't know why, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so I had to throw shade at you in some way, uh, but it didn't, yeah. it didn't work. Yeah, but uh, that was where the conversation started because for those of you who don't know what Chuck Chuck Bucks and jcoin is is it's the official iou money right. of, of this podcast apparently right right um, uh so whenever we complete a trade and don't have exactly the right amount of dough you get a little chuck buck or, or yeah, we write we write on our uh, like an energy card uh you know chuck buck uh owes you four bucks or whatever the difference yeah, yeah. of the trade value was and then apparently your money is better than mine yeah apparently <laughs> Uh, through the discussion of uh, some locals, but my Chuck Buck is holds a better value than a J coin. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm hey, hurt. I'm hurt, win. but but uh, yeah, you 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 definitely proved your point. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And then it then it turned into some funny uh, uh, Pokemon matchups involving uh, I don't know stupidity, but fun. So. Yeah, that's the best kind of fun, right there. Yeah. Uh, but aside from your stock going up, how how has your week been? Uh, good, good, not too bad. Uh, traditional practice, uh, been practicing, same old Lost Zone deck. Uh, I'm planning on knowing this thing nine ways to what I can't remember the phrase yeah. now. That's knowing the way it, you need to do it, though. Yeah, knowing it in and out, uh, playing it pretty like getting quick to you know make quick decisions knowing uh, uh increasing the pace of play right now because uh, i only i only have maybe one or two more things i want to maybe try and slide into the deck i'm really happy with where it is at the moment and what it can do um yeah uh consistency is its thing and it's just i think it's just those hands that you get in lost zone where you just like i have a a comfy or not even a comfy it's like here's your um uh here's your dragonite and uh four other cards you can't really do anything and then right. you can't find a chorus like uh things like that that i mean that's so, where i found myself at knoxville uh i think three to four times which definitely cost me some uh some matchups and overall maybe maybe those hands cost me uh, overall, I know I we I already kind of talked about I had one misplay in one of the rounds, uh, but for the most part, I felt like the deck was good, uh, or lost box deck was good, and my my play was clean. Yeah. But uh, you know, you'll have that from time to time. 
Uh, the funny thing is, like, through my whole Players' Cup run, and I'll, uh, we'll talk about that here in a second, I feel like I never I, – I, my percentage of hands like that to start on, on PTCGO was actually less than IRL. Uh, you always see those people complaining, oh, you'll never see that in our – I feel like the other way around. Like, I feel like my PTCGO starting hands were consistently slightly better – than my IRL hands, because um, you know, obviously, a lot of testing went into it with uh, PTCGO. It was just kind of funny how that ended up. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you you'll have those. Uh, the the funny another the funny anecdote on my end with these these hands, not even these hands. It's the the, the testing opponents. For whatever, like uh, last week, I was literally at locals going, "Where are all the Lugia players at?" Like. I know I'm going to see like a ton of Lugia when I go to a regional. No one's playing it locally. Like I, that's I played against a bunch of flying Pikachu decks. Everyone's teching against all the Lugia players. Not not the flying Pikachu's. The, everyone's worried that like having lightning attackers doing all this fun stuff for against Lugia players. No one's playing the deck locally, so I'm not getting my practice against. As I'm going to have to find I mean, someone. Hey, yeah, I, I I'm not I'm not a regional a champion or whatever. But I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with the deck, so you know yeah. you can you can throw uh, uh you know uh, I I'm more than happy to play some games. You're, you yeah, playing. you're gonna have to find a weeknight free. We're gonna honestly, we're gonna it's been a long. I don't think we played each other since you came over for New Year's. It might have been. Man, yeah, we need to play some games. So yeah. uh, maybe after so, the cast, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need some practice, but I'm getting my flying Pikachu practice. Uh, so I I'm you know. I got I got the workarounds. I can I can figure out my ways, multiple ways to get out of that. So very cool. Uh, yeah, but how was your weekend? Um, uh, it was a mixed bag. Um, so I mean, the whole all things need to come to an end as far as our intro is kind of twofold here. And the first the first fold was, um, yeah, we we got eliminated uh, at top sixteen. Um, I think it was Venom Games. Um, they they played their lists like masterfully. Um, and honestly, this was our roughest loss out of actually both seasons. So last season we lost, but it was a pretty close matchup um, in the top 32. This, this season we lost, uh, you know, we lost five, one. It was, it was kind of painful. Um, not going to lie. Um they played, uh, you know, nothing too crazy. So they they had a Lugia player. They had they had um, Reggie's. They brought a Vika Volt, um, or they put it to the table, and then they had a control list. Um, I, you know, as a Loxbox player, I I'm very worried about um, Vika Volt because you know item lock, boss box, whatever. So I very much uh, teched against that deck. Having um, a glaring Zapdos, having extra Raihan in the deck, uh, just to always be a threat to Raihan energy attach and then uh, like attach again to yeah. be able to hit and respond. Um, and, and they called it beautifully, um, and they sat the player. Um, I forget what uh, what the player was, uh, but they had success at uh, EYC with it, or not EYC, but uh, um, a European regionals. Um, I, I believe they either won or were in top eight. I was somewhere in that uh, range, and I'm sorry, I can't. I'm blanking on names. Um, but yeah, they they ended up doing that. Uh, my first matchup was against the control list that had a flying Pikachu and a, a ton of Thorntons and a bunch of array of other cards to control other type of lists. 
Um, and I already knew that list was pretty close to a, an auto loss if I played it. Uh, but I felt confident against the other three lists, right? Um, and I felt confident in, you know, our team, obviously. Um, they're, they're all awesome. Um, we, we got to the top 16, so obviously um, I'll, I'll always have, uh, <laughs> you know, these guys back. Um, but, you know, first round, I, I play against control, uh, lose two close games. I kind of got close at the end. Uh, but, you know, they have an Eldegoss loop. They have the flying Pikachu with Thornton's like a, a, as an end game. Um, I didn't have as many ropes um, in my deck because uh, I was really focused on consistency other other ways. Uh, so I lost that. And then unfortunately, um, you know, I would say yeah, we also brought Delraladon and, and Lugia. And um, we lost all three games in the first round, which was kind of painful. And, and the other two games went, um, you know, to a third game so they were very close contested games ultimately we fell a little short um and then round two i played against um uh the reggie uh, reggie deck and i kept i had the the, the ice cube in there um and i kind of actually bodied him i went 2-0 he he had um he had the bad reggie in there the to to grab stuff out of the discard pile and he kept trying Lucky. to yell horn me yeah yeah he tried to um um use a yell horn on me to, to like stick me so i couldn't attack uh but i always you know played around it with either switching or scoop up nets and whatnot so i was never in a position where he could um where i had to be forced to attack for a flip um so i ended up winning that and then on, honestly yeah they um you know the other two matches ended up finishing where uh, unfavorable um again both of those went to game three. Uh, they were very closely contested. Um, ultimately, we just kind of fell short. Um, uh, but no blame to the guys because I, 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 we're a team. Um, each week, um, somebody carried us to get to that for, portion. Um, you know, and sometimes it's your day, sometimes it's not. Um, so we ended up losing uh, top 16. But again, it was improvement from last season at top 32. So, I mean, if we continue to improve, I mean, that means top eight next season, maybe. So yeah. um, if we have one, so I I'm looking forward to, again, trying to compete to get a spot on Team Sports Farm Junction because that's my, you know, that's my, uh, our, our sponsor um, and you know, the team that is kind of embraced myself and, and, and Adam because uh, we both were um, in there. I know Adam was doing a little bit of uh, research beforehand and saying, that from this season and last season, the stores that made the top 32, there were only four repeating stores and we were one of them. So um, that felt pretty good too. Uh, so either uh, some some notable players made it on different teams and then they made runs um, or obviously some teams just ended up faltering. Um, but it, I take pride in bringing Sports Car Junction into top 32 two seasons in a row. Um you know, and only four other teams or three other teams did it. So it was it was a great a good feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I look I look forward to seeing you guys do it again. And uh I'll I'll continue to make my efforts to uh make the team again so then I can uh I can take you guys to top eight. Right. So. Right. <laughs> we I mean we're we're a close knit group. <laughs> Uh, we we you know we still have uh, members that made for the for the first run uh, that are definitely contesting to make that spot too. Yeah. Um, obviously you know our 
you know, the top eight here or the top four players on this team. Um, you know, nothing but love for Sports Car Junction and everybody that's uh, currently on this season, last season, um, or just locally. Just um, uh, love that whole team aspect. We kind of talked about it in our interview, um, which we had earlier uh, the, in the week, yeah. uh, but we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, uh, team Boiler challenge. I, a little bit of spoiler. Team challenge, I love it. Um, it's definitely a different skill set um, than, you know, just a regular regionals. Um, obviously regionals i love regionals it's a single player game at that point um it is a whole different aspect of preparation but um i do love the 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 team aspect and kind of the specific deck um um text to try to you know out outpace your opponents yeah yeah i'm i'm a big fan of that team challenge format too i just really like the team aspect um and like the I mean, I haven't got to do that much of it, unfortunately, but the week-to-week beta gaming is fun. Right. Um, and the team aspect, that's the other thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've been on teams with, with newer players, so they, they don't understand it as much, I guess, of the, mm. the, the meta gaming aspect. But it's still fun to help coach them up and see it and right and they they want to I mean they always want to you know prove themselves too so they want right. to do good so yeah it, and it, I, i've been it is fun. i've been lucky enough on both seasons to have um you know really like really good players on my team um and obviously we made two deep runs and just you know every week the meta discussion and what we think we are going to see and you know the 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 preparation of scouting the team that we're playing and it, it, you know, trying to make specific <laughs> techs. Um, and obviously like there you're, you'll make some deck decisions that you would never make going into regionals, but you make going into this. Um, it, it, it's just fun um, and, and enjoyable. And, and you see the game slightly different in the meta than you normally would going into a regional. So um, all that being considered, I, I, yeah, I hope they continue to do this when they go back to live. Yeah, me too. And uh, hopefully your Lugia mat that comes says top 16 for you. Uh, so. No, I think it's only 32, but I'll be getting two <laughs> Lugia mats to be on it. Uh, so I'll get one without a stamp and one with. Um, but we'll kind of uh, transition. So, you know, after we lost, you know, I, I said on the podcast, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, a month ago or whatever, uh, my last game of PTCGO will be a team challenge game, um, and it it was kind it was kind of fitting that I played against Reggie's, um, and I ended up do I ended up winning that that matchup. Um, so my last PTCGO game was a win against the deck that I just can't really stand to be honest with you. I I do not <laughs> like Reggie's, and bodying Reggie's felt pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that always that always feels good. Uh, on my end as well, though I don't get the body it maybe it's quite often. So all you gotta do is put the penguin in. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> We're from Pittsburgh. You gotta throw the penguins in. <laughs> Just a one of. That's all it takes. Is literally no, one card. I don't card. necessarily it's have the room literally for the one card. One card. But uh, aside from that, you know, I did make the. Um, that was my fa- final game. I finally did push the big red button on live to transfer my account. Um, and I, I, I'll talk a little bit about the transfer thing and some early game tricks to get 
uh, that the, the the crafting currency, uh, because that's that's the currency that we all want. Nobody cares about the coins right now at this point, unless they change something, because the coins are there for cosmetic things, for your avatar and deck boxes and things like that. Um, I'm still hoping that they add like a like a room that you can kind of have like different like accomplishments throughout there where you can kind of put things there. Okay, trophy cases, blah, blah, blah. Um, hopefully we see that in the future. But um, yeah. I think the biggest thing that we worry about is the crafting currency um, and best ways to do it. Obviously, like I've talked about on the cast in the past, I hoarded ETBs worth of code cards from local leagues for months and months and months, actually for over a year um, with uh, with with the uh, the announcement of live coming out, right? Um, so I scanned all those in, but the biggest thing is right now celebrations is the set to get. Uh, it's such a small set; they're all hollow rares. So you're gonna get like even at the lowest end, yeah, one twenty-five a piece. So if you pull anything above that, like flying Pikachu's, um, like the Mew Gold, the any of the cards that you can't play um, that are just like collector sets, like all of that's crazy. So like. I scanned a ton of codes and I had a bunch of uh, celebrations uh, codes. And per 10, I was averaging from 8,000 to 12,000 currency per 10 uh, code cards. Yeah. You don't get that out of any other set. Like, it, I jumped up because I think I had like after my transfer before I scanned the codes, I think I had about just about a quarter of a mil. And then I had two ETB, two ETBs worth of codes. Um, and I got up to um, a half a mil uh, as far as that. And it was mostly because of the celebrations. Everything else, like I would scan 10 codes of any other random set along the way. And I would be lucky to get like 5,000, like super lucky. Uh, most average was like 1,500. So um celebrations is the way to go um if you're ever going to spend crystals um buy those like the the i think it's the pikachu's uh celebrations things with like the gold um um uh, pokeball and i think it's a pikachu um hey, you can buy the digital celebration yeah, the bit, but uh, once you max that out um, collection you are gonna get um you are gonna get a ton of the crafting currency there so uh, make sure to do that if that's what you're aiming for. Obviously, if you want to get um, you know, pull stuff, it, it completely different. Um, uh, but if you want that currency, that's 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 what that's the way to go, in my opinion. Yeah, I had I had the similar experience. If you are newer or haven't haven't migrated yet, and or and if you're newer and you just didn't buy a lot of celebrations and, and redeemed them earlier, like just go get the trade for them like on PTCGO before you go. Now, uh, I think a lot of the people have caught wind of this. So anything that's not uh, the traditional, like uh, the traditional like Groudon or anything that's in the regular set, uh, one of the one through 25, you can still get those for like a pack, uh, like a four of four pack or something like that. You just right. make that trade yourself. But people are trying, I think people are trying to milk people for the, the, actual like classic collection stuff like if right. you're trying to get the charizards now i didn't try and get those when i did my codes and i was still milking in currency right like, same yeah same. so but maybe like 
every other pack you might get, actually get if a card. you could get i i don't know what it is on ptc joe's but if you can get some of those celebration gold muse do it get a four of that way every time you pull one it's just a, that much more yeah. um i mean that was that was for me like every once once in a while I, every time i got a classic card i would um i would just get a classic card uh but uh if you can afford, if you have like packs to burn, like maybe you just one of those guys that have packs to burn, uh, get the classic cards too, because those suckers are worth a lot of. Uh, yes, they are. They're being sort I, of, I, yeah, I have yeah. a four of Dark Gyarados on on live right now, and I pulled two more in right. the process of opening codes, and those were worth a pretty penny of exactly. Uh, the so I think a lot of people did catch wind that celebrations is the packs to get. Um, so like on Potown store or any of these other online places where you can buy codes, those ones are all sold out. <laughs> so, well, I mean, they uh, are, I mean, that's the other thing is that there is a finite amount of codes. We don't have, they don't just keep making them. Right. So, right. So but that's it, where you... luckily for me, um, I, I traded, uh, so like my full set of Mew, um, months back, months back, the, um, my Mew VMAX deck online, uh, to a local that was, um, you know, liquidating all of his bulk stuff, and he had a ton of codes. After a lot of sorting, I had a ton of codes, and I had, I don't know, a, a, basically an ETB full of celebrations itself. Uh, but, so. Yeah, that's that's another thing that you can do with the you, the purple crystals you get is you can, on top of like getting celebration codes elsewhere, you can just buy celebration packs, like you said. I think the the digital version of the ultimate collection is maybe the best value per crystal per pack, like to get packs per crystal. Yeah. But uh, that'll, that'll basically just transmute your crystals into conversion currency. Like the, the other thing that you craft with and you end up getting more crystals as you go through the battle pass. Cause each battle pass you should get enough to purchase the next battle pass. So you, and there is no reason to have more than enough to buy the battle pass at the moment in the game, because that's the only thing you purchase with crystals besides packs. And I mean, if you really, really wanted to buy more packs, uh, then, then yeah. don't do what I'm saying, but you get exactly. the picture. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, but yeah, so exactly that that is the uh currency um as of now. Um, but you know, uh, I would just say um if you had the opportunity to hoard things, um, you know, and have the foresight to wait, um good on you. If not, I mean that's the strategy to go to, um, is try to get celebrations if, if possible. Um, but I would say even if it's not celebrations, try to gravitate towards the smaller sets, and I know. In the last couple of years, sets have been pretty big, um, ridiculously big. So um, that would probably or, be my strategy. <laughs> or anything that you've happened to like complete. I don't know yeah. if you if you know you have a complete set of Chilling Rain on PTCGO because you, for whatever reason, really liked it, and you're like, I got four of of everything on here. Yeah. Then just buy Chilling Rain packs. Then instead, yeah, like that's just currency for the conversion. Exactly. So, Exactly. And then also on top of that, just after um, um, scanning a bunch of codes that I already, um, you know, how they have like the number um, says like 
how many you you've scanned and against how many you're allowed to scan um i figured out what you get above the scan if you scan above uh that so um like with some of the the promo sets you're only allowed to scan four so i had a bunch of uh um, celebrations again that i went and it was crystals you get extra crystals just if you scan oh. those card because i i think i did an extra etb i didn't realize I was like i wonder what happens and then it was i think it was just coins or uh yeah i guess it depends on what you do because some of them i was getting coins too so um it depends on how premium of a code it is i guess yeah if oh. if if some of those promos were like really good rares those like lucario I, promos are apparently are worth a lot if you have a four of and you get more i think it's like since i don't know it was a full art something so you're getting a couple thousand i think yeah that's another way to get crystal uh dust, all right whatever. all right so we got to move this along because we're already <laughs> taking along we do have an interview that we actually recorded earlier in the spoiler week. alert uh spoiler alert but before we get to the interview we have a couple no, we were... more manners or a couple more subjects that we do need to clear up uh before we get there and then we'll kind of just end it on the interview um but um a little bit of sad news again the, a two part of a twofold of the of all things need or come to an end um uh, unfortunately uh we found out this week that our local game shop heroes inc um that has been with us since me and you since we started yeah, our journey our pokemon journey um through pandemic um all of that stuff um we built our local community um th- through heroes inc through our discord you know obviously through social media but like all of our local like community was built really through um heroes heroes inc and unfortunately they are going out of business um you know i obviously it's hard times right now for a lot of different businesses not necessarily even just um uh, local game shops um so at the end of the month, uh, it will be um, goodbye to heroes, which is a uh, bitter, bittersweet because, um, you know, I love this community, love, love the store, love the owner, love the, you know, the employees there. Um, I'm going to miss it. Um, but, you know, there's still a couple more weeks, uh, one more pre-release to go. Um, but I just want to say, you know, above all things, I know, you know, the community, there's, you know, basically a family. So there's high moments, low moments. But I just want to say thank you. Um for everything you've done for us um, and you will be missed uh, you know, tremendously. So thank you again, uh, Casey and, and heroes. Inc. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to echo that. Thank you to Casey. Um, I just uh, ushered me into Pokemon pretty much uh, and to but my Thursday evening consisting of friends and, and games and uh, a bunch of, other always fun stuff happening. Uh, the birthday bash. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, two of them, uh, grand old times. Uh, a lot of memories made at that place. Uh, so that's where it, the it, Chuck chant started. <laughs> it, the Chuck chant starts there. Oh, it, it's it's really it really is sad for me, especially since I I mean I really want to come back just for a day but i can't uh for especially a thursday night just to yeah. just to have that one more, one more thursday yeah but 
Um, I'm really going to, I mean, I've, I've already been missing it. I'm just going to continue missing it. And I uh, really want to thank everyone there that was I mean, Casey, Andy, that works there for all the good times we had um, and, and everyone else that kept Pokemon going there. So, yeah. Um, and, I mean, I mean, with saying that, I mean, the community, um, you know, we was built there at Harris Inc. Uh, here locally, um, you know, in efforts of not letting uh, the community die um, and, and kind of keeping us together, at least the majority, try to keep the majority of the group together. Um, I know Sports Card Junction is going to um, move their nights to Thursday nights, um, you know, a little bit of a travel, depending on where you are locally uh, to get there. Um, but try in efforts to try to keep our our local group together, our local scene going on Thursdays. Um, hopefully we'll see you guys there. Um, it's, you know, it's obviously a, a great establishment in its own. Um, you know, hopefully we can grow plenty of memories there as well. Um, but again, um, it couldn't have been done without the, the Heroes Inc. group, um, it, you know, the start, um, you know, our journeys here. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, I think it's now we need to, I mean, we got to let the cat on the bed. We're having an interview, but this is obviously we're not hiding our interviewee still from the, the right. viewers. Uh, so like he's said, not waiting in the wings so uh, like, usually when they're live with us when we're recording i'm like chuck we need to hurry this intro up like i don't want to make a wait but <laughs> literally it's already been recorded the, yeah speed through the 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 chatter and get to the get them allow them to speak so they're not sitting there too long so no he's not hiding in the wings we have the interviewee coming it's pre-recorded uh we wanted to make sure uh, it was just way earlier in the week, and I wanted to make sure we had current stuff to talk about, at least at this portion. Yes. So um, with that, uh, we're going to hit you with this week's keyword. We won't forget that. So we got to do that, and then we'll hit the ad break, and then we'll hit the interview. So, right? Am I not, I'm not missing yes. anything? No, I think you're 100% on, on the nose right there, my friends. So... Jake, what is this week's keyword for our oh-so-eager listeners? <laughs> it's Articuno. Articuno. Okay, Articuno. that is the bird we went with. Articuno. Right. So I, we would have changed a different bird if we had a little bit more success this weekend in, in our team challenge. But since we didn't, Articuno is our word of the day. Um, if you... <laughs> If you listened last week, which, you know, <laughs> maybe a spoiler alert that is Articuno and I was talking about maybe a different bird, um, you know, you might be able to figure out our last uh, last week's word of the uh, of the day. Um, but you got to put those two together. Uh, message myself or Chuck um, yeah. or the podcast itself uh, to be entered in for a, a chance at winning a ETB uh you know for free um sent straight to you to your house no cost to you all you got to do is put in um last week's keyword and this week's articuno yep and then you can send that over to either uh any of our social medias directly you can message us on our discord or twitter um uh mine is at watch whimsy jake's is at pedox one and then you can also, like he said, directly hit the pod up at Pit Pokey Pod. Send those keywords over. 
Uh, and then if you are the winner, we will get a hold of you to where we can mail those free cards. All of this brought to you by our our friendly local sponsor, Sports Card Junction. So now we will shoot it over to their commercial. And then when we get back, you're going to have an awesome interview with a very winning I can't even think of the word. Winning, esteemed, esteemed, esteemed player. player. Yes. Yes. That has won multiple regionals. Recently. Recently. <laughs> <laughs> and no, Piper's not back. <laughs> I know there's two people in that. So after the commercial. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. Don't forget to check out our weekly league Mondays at 6 p.m. Let's get into the meat of this episode's conversation. All right, guys, uh, we're here on our interview section, uh, doing it a little differently uh, this week. Um, uh, so um, I want to introduce our guests. We have a very awesome guest this week. Um, it is our current back-to-back -back regionals champions of Orlando and Knoxville. And we got Andrew Hedrick. Uh, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. I'm happy to be on. Very cool. Now I was very excited uh, when I reached out and you said you wanted to because, um, you know, uh, you've you've had a pretty good run of things lately. Um, you know, two of the largest regional championships um, and you took down both of them. So we definitely want to get your take on that. Um, but before we do that, I do want to, um, you know, just give you yourself uh, the opportunity to, you know, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and your Pokemon journey um, to this point. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, anything to do with the regionals. Okay, so I, I would say I started playing like when I was pretty young, so definitely for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. Played in some tournaments in like juniors and seniors. Uh, I would say, well, like at the beginning, I definitely wasn't very good. I would show up with some decks I made myself or I didn't have much help or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, just some cards I got from packs and stuff that my parents got me. And I definitely like I played a little bit, but not too much then. Uh, I started going to some regional events, I think in like 2017 and 2018 in seniors. I got managed to get top four with Tepu Bulu at one of them. <laughs> I still wasn't very good. My list wasn't very good either, but it was, I was having fun. But the year like before COVID, it was my first year in masters. And I kind of decided to take a break. Like I got a job. I was focusing more on uh, high school. Mm -hmm. But uh, then when COVID happened, I definitely like I was at home. I was a little bored. Uh, I some of my friends from the game messaged me like talking about some like the like limitless online tournaments that they started like the limitless qualifier stuff right. and so i decided to you know start getting on tcg online playing some games and signing up for those and definitely after i played online like that kind of hooked my interest back in the game and i've been right. playing a lot more ever since then right so it reinvigorated that fire uh, that competitive, yeah. uh, that competitiveness, uh, the Pokemon trading card game kind of gives out. Uh, so I guess that's a positive sign of COVID. 
Uh, I know Chuck and I both, um, you know, are newer to the game or uh, kind of just jumped into the game during, um, you know, early pandemic uh, and that online, uh, you know, client um, having having limitless and just playing on PTCGO was um, uh, definitely a godsend. Just being able to, you know, distract ourselves from the real world at that point um, and trying to really cut our teeth. But it sounds like you already, you know, had a good base to to start yeah. on before you did that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I do remember, I mean, we we both, me and Jake, also played in, in tournaments like that. I, I remember seeing Pokey Hawkeye up there in, in top cuts and stuff up during COVID. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I knew you had the stuff then, so uh, it was for sure. It's nice to see it translate to later back into real world uh, regionals and stuff like that, too. So Yeah, it was definitely really exciting and fun to play online at the beginning and it was like it was really cool to be able to see that also translate to regionals. Yeah. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. So you said you said when you were playing in uh, juniors and seniors, uh, you didn't really have um, a testing group or or really you were just kind of playing on your by yourself. Um, and then you know your friends got you back into it during the online era. Um, did that really like ramp up your um, your play testing with like a, a group of people? Was that like the first time you kind of branched off with that, or or were you kind of slightly doing that before you took a little bit of a hiatus? Yeah, I definitely would say I didn't have like any testing group at all. I mean, I had like obviously some friends I would occasionally talk to about decklist, but we didn't really do any real actual testing or anything before. And like I would still say like I have a lot of friends that I talk to about decklist and stuff, but um, I don't know if like an official. We like before Orlando and stuff. I, I don't like we would just play some games against each other, kind of run over some yeah. matchups and stuff. But I mean that that just means that you know your 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 online success and then your you know this season. Um, that's just all just basically player skill with um, you know there's a lot of really great players uh, that attribute that to like a big team thing. But uh, if you're doing that with a little bit less of that, that's um, yeah. No, well, I get from the rest of the field though, really, because definitely like, have a lot of friends that help me and like run over stuff, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, I mean, another question for you, um, and this is always on my mind because I'm a very competitive person. Um, and I put a lot of work into it and I have not nearly seen the success, um, as you obviously champion, not necessarily as my goal this season, but you know, just making cuts, how long, um, did you, you know, how long were you playing before you really started seeing success or where you, or let's phrase it a different way, where you felt that you were a pretty strong player that you realistically could see, um, you know, day twos uh, making cuts and th things like that? Well, so like all my playing before COVID, I wasn't in Masters yet or anything, but mm -hmm. I definitely would say I knew that I wasn't the best. There was, I was getting beat a lot and stuff in juniors and seniors even. Um, but then I feel like online, like, I kept I like playing a bunch. I kept feeling like I was getting better. And you know, when I would face a good player in online tournaments, I'd be like, I'd really try to beat him. And mm -hmm. I'd feel I'd feel proud when I did that. And like the more that happened, I kind of realized that, you know, if you if you practice a lot and you kind of like understand what how decks and matches work, then you can pretty much beat most players. So a hundred percent. Like even the best of players still can lose. I mean, I've we talked to Melo Magikarp way back when, and I kind of asked him that, like, what do you put like the elite, like Azul level players as like just like a, a win percentage, like an average win win percentage? And he's like 65 makes you, you know, that Azul level, maybe a little bit higher, but like um, even at 65, they still lose 45% of the game. So 
if you do your homework, you know your matchups. Um, you could definitely take those players uh, just because they're quote unquote the the best players in the world doesn't mean uh, you can't you can't beat them. <laughs> yeah. I guess you proved that during online, uh, where you know you 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 try a little bit harder, um, and and you got there. So uh, I'm I'm pretty pumped to hear that for you. <laughs> All right, Chuck. Um, I will say he has he's had a pretty good win percentage though over the last over these last two regionals. Going, I, I, in, going in way better than 65 13 oh and one or like very 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 minimal losses to, <laughs> yeah uh, uh, well, definitely like you also get three games at a regional which helps out right. too because if one game you know you get a, don't get the best look or maybe you make a big mistake because you don't know their deck or you forget about something you still have two games to make up for it so 100 100 yeah, 100%. yeah the best of three obviously gives you a, a much better leeway which is not uh as popular of uh, a use on in, in online tournaments yeah there's not the same amount of time online to really do that but right uh do, do you kind of agree with that 65 percent um thing as far as like being a pretty solid player or do you think that is a higher mark lower mark where, where what do you think about that number um i get like i think if your if your opponents are like you know they practice and play a decent amount like i think i would agree with that but like not always like the people you hit in the first few rounds of a regional aren't always going to be people who they might just be going more for fun okay, or their so friends convince them to go but once right. you get a few rounds in i think i could i would agree with that more okay so you're saying the 65 against um you know at least um competent players that know the meta um yeah is is an accurate thing but obviously yeah like there there are people there for fun which is completely cool um but you know you're maybe supposed to expect it to win those ones yeah, those, those do definitely have a higher win rate against people, unless you're playing like some counter deck that maybe can't beat their deck. But right. you know, you overall probably a higher win rate in those games. Okay, well, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, Chuck, do you have any other questions before we get into our standard set? No, no, that's that's it. Uh, you went far. I thought we were skipping the standard set for a second, but uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. We got our standard set. So every time we have a new guest on. Uh, you know, we have a standard set of five that we want to just, you know, you know ask um, just to get to know you a little bit better um, and kind of just uh, your love for Pokemon. So, uh, Chuck, start us off here. Yeah, I, I got I got the first couple to uh, get you uh, throw a little couple softballs. Maybe some people think they are hard questions, but just in general, favorite Pokemon. Um, this doesn't have to pertain to car the card game at all. Just favorite Pokemon. So I say my favorite is Cyndaquil. And I think that has something to do with the old mystery dungeon games, which I don't know if you guys have heard of at all. I played those when I was younger. And I, I just, I've liked Syndicate for a long time since then. So I think it probably has something to do with that. Very cool. I, I, I've heard of the games. I've never played it because uh, I was, uh, I took a big break in between Pokemon games. I think it was Gen 2 all the way up to Sword and Shield. <laughs> okay. Everything in between, yeah. I didn't really play. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have not played a lot of the, the games in general. So, um, I'm more the the trading card focused individual, I guess. Uh, but that is cool. That's not the only person. Cyndaquil is another uh, favorite of a couple people I know. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, we'll go now. We'll move in into uh, the cards. Basically, favorite favorite Pokemon card doesn't have to be an actual Pokemon. I mean, if you really enjoy a trainer, that can be your pick. But favorite. Uh, Pokemon trading card? I think I would have to say Placephalon. That's what I played in all the online tournaments. It kind of got me back into playing the game a lot. Uh, Baby Blouse. Yeah. Uh. 
uh, whenever I started playing, and that was like the first deck I truly learned to not to, to despise <laughs> because okay. I was I was you know as a newer player migrated to Picaron, the big shiny card, and Blacephalon. Like especially when I'm learning the games, like I couldn't ever beat it uh, for the most, most part. So, uh, but for sure that card was um, very solid, a very solid deck. It I never, put a lot of time into the, playing that deck for sure. Yeah. It probably threw a, a, a few different uh, renditions with uh, with a rotation between there because it was really strong with a few couple cards and it lost uh, it lost some key cards, but it didn't seem to like lose any steam as far as like its meta vi- viable uh, uh, during <laughs> you know after the after rotation. Yeah, definitely played a few yeah, a few different versions of it, and then also later on like the version that played like Reshizard and stuff too. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Cool, cool. Well, all right. So um, going from the card that you love the most, um, and this doesn't necessarily have to be standard, uh, but what is the worst Pokemon card as far as just like toxic for the game or some for whatever reason you just don't like this card? Um, what would that card be through the your history of the game? Um, so like I, I really don't like item lock on ability. So Trevin and Vileplume, but like with Forest of Giant Plains, both of those cards especially because you could get them up turn one, Trevenant with Ascension and Vileplume with Forest of Giant Plants. I really, or like Wally for Trevenant too, I think. Like I really did not like the turn one, getting up item lock on an ability. You don't have to attack to use it. Like it just, to me, that was pretty, I did not enjoy facing that. I also played Night March a lot when those were Weagle too, and that was pretty annoying to go against. Yeah, that that makes sense. I'm not a fan of um, item or ability locks uh, for the most part. And I luckily we missed that kind of era. Um, just you know, you know, talking to other players that were, you know, being a part of the meta at that point, uh, definitely seems like that was a broken deck and a very annoying deck to play, uh, face. Yeah, I don't like it's like pretty frustrating to play against Idlewalk when they get it up right away and like you just look at your hand and you're like, I can't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> and you have the cards in your hand, you're like, oh, I could do something. Yeah, just can't. <laughs> I'm not, cool. a, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of those either just get things that turn off your ability to play the game kind of just irk me uh unless i'm playing them then i'm all for it but i'm usually right. not playing them <laughs> well i know it's not item lock but i can't wait to talk about uh your matchup in, in the finals in knoxville now after that answer uh, but we'll get there in, a, in good due time um but uh let's see your next uh, next question is what is your favorite tcg memory to uh to date um it probably have to be winning orlando at the in finals game three like i see Isaiah Bryan, he passes his turn i'm like i'm feeling so excited just to just right. to win the game like that, i mean that was really obviously really exciting to win the, the first regional in orlando for sure because right. i was i, I had like no idea that that was going to happen going to the term Right. I mean, I, I remember watching that set and both ga- both game one and two were, you know, very tightly contested. And then the game three, uh, you started with a pretty a decent hand and he was just completely dead drawing, trying to, you know, extend it. But uh, I felt bad for him at the time, but obviously pumped for you because uh, I know, you know, uh, you put a lot of work into it and that was your first one. So um, it was kind of like I see both sides of the coins, but uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that was that was an awesome moment for sure. Yeah. As a big win, too, knowing that, I mean, pretty sure everyone knew going into Orlando that it was going to be so big of a field. So on top of, like, just that huge field, uh, a lot of people, Orlando's really easy to get to. So I'm sure the field, on top of being huge, 
when you get to the top cut, wasn't easy as well. A lot of great players are being yeah. there too. So yeah, I faced three good players in top cut for sure. So yeah, yeah. right, right. Um, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about your Orlando run here in a second. But before we uh, get to that, uh, we have one last question on our standard. Uh, this one's a kind of a fun one, not necessarily Pokemon uh, related, but um, say you're going into the finals of a regional, um, but Pokemon decides to, um, you know, like baseball does, um, have a walk-up uh, song while you're going up to bat, uh, going up to the stage. Uh, what would be your song of choice as your walk-up as, you know, you're getting introduced going to uh, the final table? I think it would have to be Just a Dream by Nelly. That was kind of a, is a fun, like kind of hype song for me so I, I like that yeah i think that would have to be my answer sweet that's a that's a that was a good one for sure <laughs> um yeah so uh that that will do it for our standard questions um so uh we can jump on to the next segment here uh and i definitely want to talk about your regionals runs um you know obviously orlando being the biggest one knoxville being a pretty large one as well um Talk us a little bit of before Orlando. Um, how did you come upon the deck that you landed on? And how do you come upon some of the text that you brought in? Because there was a very interesting card in there that a lot of people are like, why is that in there? Uh, so I want to hear what your, your thought process was uh, to, to get to that uh, to that 60. So I guess going back to Arlington, I didn't like I've played Lugia at Arlington too, but I didn't have much time to test before that. I definitely... Didn't feel like I was playing my best. I tied three times and mm-hmm. I missed day two. I went five, one, three. And then after that, like I that was right after finals for me. So I didn't have much time to test. So but after that, I was like, I need to get better at this deck. I know I can do better. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely like I was playing a lot of online tournaments too, I feel like, just like with Lugia just to get games in with the deck, just to understand how it works better. Um, um I was playing games with my friends. And one of my friends was always, so there's a few different cards in my deck that I'll talk about. So Wash Energy was in my deck. That card, definitely people were not talking about that much before the event. Um, but one of my friends had talked about it in Lugia for a while. But that was like back uh, a few months ago. But then Raikou Rayquaza was definitely becoming more popular. And Wash Energy on Manaphy in that matchup is very good because it basically means they can't do like anything to your board. Because right. they can't save while you're Manaphy. They can't Raikou if it's on Manaphy. And so going, I was like, I was kind of scared about the Raikou Rayquaza matchup. I played at a 1K and I kind of, I lost to it a few times. Like it felt like if they drew well enough, they had control of the game, mm-hmm. which, but if you watch it, but then if you put Wash Energy on your Manaphy, I mean, you kind of take that control back because they, unless they can find bosses orders on Manaphy and even then they're not spreading damage with save Y while they're killing Manaphy too. So right. it feels like it forces them to do so much more if you did that. So that's why that card ended up in my list. It ended up just being decent. I only faced lost Rayquaza twice. Both times were against Nick Moffat. Uh, <laughs> it was it was decent against him. And then every other match, it was just a colorless energy. So, yeah, I would say it was just it was a pretty OK card, but it wasn't terrible. And then some other cards, I guess. Echo Horn, another one of my friends told me to put that in my deck the night before. I didn't use it like at all. I used it really? against Gudra. Well, maybe you one time. Uh, I think it was more. I didn't want to like put canceling cone in my deck, but I was trying to figure out like another good card against Dura. I already had a vacuum, and then they were like, "Well, you can use Echo Horn in a lot of situations." But it ended up like Echo Horn also wasn't super good. Uh, what about in the mirror match? Because I I've had people uh, you know that that I play test with uh, occasionally 
um, you know, say Echoing Horn goes really good in Lugia for the mirror match, um, because typically you only want to get one Lugia down uh, and yeah. then attack with one prizers. Did that ever come up where you like took a KO on a Lugia and then were able to horn boss for another two prizer? So I kept like thinking like, what if I could pull this off here, you know, trying to get it to line up, but it, it is, it's pretty hard to get it to pull like, cause you have to find your echo horn or you can draw Irida, but then you'd have to echo horn in advance and like, say you echo horn back a Lugia V then, and then you can't kill it that turn without benching Luminion. But then if you bench Luminion, they kill your thing. Or if you echo horn their Lugia and don't kill it, then they evolve it. And mm-hmm. then it's pretty hard to kill. So right. There's like a lot of things that go into it. There were definitely some times in the mirror I was like, if I could pull this off, it'd be really good, but I wasn't able to. So okay. Echo Horn was another one of those like it, it like it wasn't terrible to have in my deck, but I didn't use it that much either. So in the head, so basically in the head sims, it sounded a little bit uh easier to get off um than in actuality uh to do in practice during these uh tournaments. Yeah, if I had tested with the card more, I don't think it probably would have ended up in my final deck, but I was kind of just like looking for the last card to my deck because I was I canceling Cohen in my deck before and I really didn't think it did very much. And I was trying to figure out what card to replace it with. Okay. And ended up being Echo Horn. No, no, I like the thought process there, but um I, I, I like hearing both sides of that for sure. Um yeah. and and any other cards you want to speak of on, I guess on that one? I think probably capturing room I could also talk about, mm-hmm. which that card was again like it's just like a kind of consistency card i mean if you flip the right thing it's good sometimes flipping either ones can be good like on turn one you know you could flip heads get an evolution discard an archaeops or flip tails find your lugia v mm-hmm. like uh and obviously it, like there were a few times where the flips were like really important and it felt like every time it always went the one i wanted it to in really? finals that happened too right uh i needed to get an archaeops in the discard pile i think uh i flipped heads was able to do that against bradner in game one and pull off a attack and kind of go from there i do remember seeing that it was like uh that was such an important coin flick and then once it went the way you wanted to your deck just was running smoothly you got set up perfectly and then just really put a good uh board state out there uh but it was very contingent on that one flip so um <laughs> yeah i think yeah. everybody was holding your or holding their breath on that flip <laughs> definitely got a little lucky on the capture roll flips i feel like it but it wasn't yeah it wasn't a super amazing card but it was just like a and kind of another consistency card, so right, right. Didn't feel bad to have it in the deck. Very cool. Well, that sounds like um, you know you put a lot of work into the deck. Um, very thoughtful on all of the tech cards in there. Um, but going into Orlando, the largest regionals to date, I think still. Um, uh, how was your day one? How'd that look? Um, and just kind of speak upon your runs if you had any um, like key matchups in day one slash day two. Uh, can i ask one like broad question before we get into like, yeah the the run of orlando um because you said you you had lugia pegged for arlington as well so i just wanted to ask, ask the question why lugia in general like if uh was there anything else that was ever on your radar or was just lugia the one the deck that you always wanted to go with throughout these runs so I guess, uh, like before Arlington, I didn't have that much time, and I was like, I probably don't have time to learn any of the other decks. But Lugia probably you can probably play it at like a basic level fairly easily. So that's why I kind of did that for Arlington. But then after that, I was like, actually, there's a lot more I could go with this deck, and that kind of led me to mm-hmm. testing it more with before Orlando. Right. I do kind of believe in just playing one or two decks a lot, like instead of trying to play every different deck. Like I think getting 
because most like of the meta decks like you know if you get really good at any of them you'll be fine i feel like generally it's more important to just like know how to play your deck than to try to play to six different decks and make a meta call at the end 100 i've i've heard both sides of the story i've heard you know good great players on on both uh both arguments there um and i feel um I've played competitive games in other, um, you know, in other games there, and I was at top levels. And I feel like those games maybe lent more to just play a wide variety of the meta and then just pick that. But for me, at least in Pokemon, I feel like I, I lend more towards where you are um, and just kind of get repetition with the, with the one deck and then making changes and get really good with it, especially with a long meta like we are in right now currently. Uh, nothing's drastically changing so you can make little minor adjustments and you don't have to yeah. like completely change your whole scope of what you're trying to do especially, as long as you still have a i'm sorry um yeah i was just gonna say especially because lugia is such a flexible deck you know if there's a problem matchup you can just change one or two cards and you know your matchup becomes favorable all of a sudden so right i feel like if you just know the deck and then you know maybe a matchup like people are hyping it up which I, that kind of happened to me before knoxville then you put in a card and just kind of clean that up and make sure you'll be good 100 i agree with you um and I, it's kind of refreshing to hear that from you know uh a player of your caliber too because i i feel like that is the right way to do it is just kind of uh especially if you're going to regionals trying to make you know um you know deep runs or get worlds invites um sticking with one deck um is a pretty safe thing to do uh, as a comfort pick i guess yeah uh, that's kind of i mean you answered exactly what i wanted to hear like uh on that and and I'll ask this now since we're we're talking about playing it over and over again. How how many just guess how many games of Lugia have you probably played since you decided to go on this? Just because you you like you said you wanted to stick with one deck and go with it. Like, well, how probably, many thousand games are you up to now? <laughs> probably between five hundred and a thousand. I'm not entirely sure, but I've not. I wasn't expecting yeah. you to have actually counted, but yeah, just like that's the idea of like right. I have played so many games with this that I know exactly what to do in all of these situations. Yeah, practice makes perfect. So that's a, that's yeah. a perfect amount of games for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with real life school and everything like that. So yeah. um, being able just to put that repetition in helps. All right, let's, uh, let's get into a little bit of your, of your uh, Orlando run. Um, any major, um, you know, matchups or, or, or memorable moments in day one, at least. So okay, I pulled up my things from day one. Um, what did it look at? So okay, in round eight of day one, I was six one. I was against uh, Nathan Ginsburg. He was playing like a lost zone, like turbo turn one Mirage Gate deck. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm like game one. He goes like draw pass, nothing happens. Like I just donk him, and then game two. Like he goes second. I only get down one Lugia. He goes turn one rope, knockout with all of his Mirage Gates. And after that game, too, I'm like, I'm pretty scared. I have no idea which one to pick. Like, if mm-hmm. I want to go first or second in this matchup, one of my friends who was playing the deck before told me he would choose that you should choose first in the matchup. But Nathan had just chose second against me. So I wasn't sure what to do. I ended up choosing first. I only get down one Lugia, no other bench Pokemon. Uh-oh. And I'm just like hoping he misses it. And then. He like plays out his whole turn. It's like five minutes, and then by he misses it by one card, and I'm able to pull out that matchup. So definitely got really lucky in that set. 100%. But yeah, I think that was probably one of my like my scariest round. Day yeah, one. I mean, I mean, playing a handful of games with Lugia, 
Um, it, it definitely is scary if you go first. I mean, it's definitely an advantage because then you could do your turn two stuff and start rolling. Um, but if you only get one down, especially against a deck like that, that the, the knockout threat looms pretty dangerously. Um, it's a very scary feeling just to have one lone Lugia and waiting for it to get knocked out or or hopefully surviving. So, uh, no, that's that's awesome. So that really set you up in a really good spot uh, after day one, huh? Yeah, I was eight and one going into day two after that. My one loss was to Cow and the Lugia Mirror. I didn't draw super hot either of those games. Uh, I think there was one decision I made. I can't remember exactly what it was. I maybe could have been a little bit better, but it was already a pretty low chance I was going to win that. Right, right. Either of those games. Man, your your day one records in the last two regionals, I'm I'm so jealous of. So that's awesome. <laughs> uh, let's go into day two. Um, you know, pre top eight. Um, you know, how'd that run go? Did that go pretty smoothly for you? Were there any notable matchups there? Uh, so the first match of day two, I'm against Azul. He's playing control. I have not tested this matchup like at all. I've played a couple games maybe, but I didn't really know exactly what to do. I was kind of trying to figure out on the fly. I mm -hmm. uh, he manages to two o me like with some. He got he Sydney's away my energies a couple of times, which was an issue in the matchup because you generally like the energies are already pretty tight. They're trying to give out tall you get right. rid of your energy, and then game one he like Sydney's me early with a bunch of energy in my hand, and game two I. I thought I set myself up in a pretty good spot to pull that one out. And then I draw into both my DTEs and then he oh, Sydney's no. them both away. Oh, and no. then, then I was, then I was basically out of energy and was not able to pull that one out. And so that, then that put me at eight, two, and I wasn't feeling quite as good about my chances in day two anymore as I was going in. But after that, I was able to pull out a few different rounds. Um, I faced a fusion Mew that mm -hmm. I, didn't know he was playing fusion game one and he was able to donk me game one because I would like, if you're against DTE Mew, you don't want to fill up your bench with stuff. Cause you want to leave room for like Pumpkaboo and then maybe Luminion if they path judge you right. and stuff. So you want to leave your bench pretty open. So I only benched one Lugia and then it turned out he was playing fusion Mew. He benches Bellwata, knocks me out. But luckily I was able to pull that out the next two games to get all the way to 11, two, mm -hmm. like, like after. Yeah. And then, then I face John Ang on Lugia. He wins game one. I win game two. We go to game three. Uh, I was definitely going to lose game three, but time gets called. Uh, so <laughs> then I, and then I, we tie. I go to 11 2 1. And then I face Moffat on stream. Right. So Moffat offers the ID before the match. My, like, I check my resistance on the poke, like, I don't know what it's exactly what it's called. I think pokedata.ovh, like, it has the live standings. Mm -hmm. and stuff i don't know if you guys have used that website before i have not yeah okay I've, I'm I've, I've used it but not not for the reasons that you were using it but <laughs> yeah so they have like and like i'm looking at my resistance it's like 50 percent or something i'm like a tie probably doesn't get me in here so i choose to play and we then we get streamed he wins a really long game one i don't know if you guys watched this match or not yeah, but... i don't think yeah, i got I to see that one okay so he wins a really long game one there's maybe like 15 minutes left in the round but I'm able to pull out game two on turn three of time to take it to a tie. And then at that point, I kind of think I'm out of top cut. But I like I'm on the bubble, but my resistance wasn't very good going into the round. But I end up getting eighth seed into top mm -hmm. cut. And I was pretty surprised about that. But I guess my resistance was just good enough to pull me into top cut there. Right, right. Well, I mean, I think that was a, a bold call and a, the correct call to go for 
uh, the play the you know for the three points instead of the one. Um, you know, I was in similar, not similar, but like as far as day one kind of situations for points. Um, and it's it's always a hard call, um, but definitely the right thing to do. And then obviously you tied and you made it in there. Uh, so you got to top eight. Um, how did the, obviously you, you, you took it out, but is there any notable things on the way to the finals or matchups? I mean, um, I played Luki Amir against Reagan in top eight mm-hmm. and in game three, I got turned to boss K on his one Luki V and basically ended the game mm-hmm. in that game. I guess in game one, I did get a pull off a cool play. I stat winded with four powerful energy on it to right. kill like, I don't remember what it was, but it was one of the 120 HP basics for my last two prizes. Oh, Rangaroo? Pretty... Was it maybe Rangaroo? I don't remember. It was maybe Yveltal, Raikou, okay. Rangaroo, one of those. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the ones, and I think, like, then that's the end of the game. I was already in a pretty good spot, but it was fun to just end the game with four powerful energy on a Stoutland for my right, last right, two right. prizes. <laughs> that was probably the coolest play that Double pulled off in that for win. <laughs> Yeah. And Very then cool. in top four, I faced Moffat on stream. That game goes really long. We play a really long set of three games um i think there was like a lot of hard decisions i had to make in that those matches games one and two i go one archaeops both games because like i I still like i'm not 100 percent sure if that was the right call but i was kind of like i need to pressure him i don't think i don't know if he can respond yet and i was like if i keep waiting he'll just get so much damage on my board i don't know if i'll be able to come back Mm -hmm. and so then i go one archaeops i'm able to pull out one of those games one of those i lose definitely made a misplay in the one i lost um but then we go to game three i'm able to get the wash energy on my mana fee in game three because i get up double archaeops if we only get up one it's hard to be able to excel it with archaeops because you have to be putting on your your attackers but Mm. game three i got up two so i was able to easily search out wash energy for my mana fee i have a really good board and then i'm able to pull that one out he can't quite get enough damage on board so the wash energy was definitely useful in that game yeah, that's that's great. Like you said, through day one and in you know portions of day two, it wasn't that huge. But in in that matchup, um, protecting your bench from Raikou and protecting um, you know anything like that is that's super huge. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Basically, meant his Raikus and his Savewise weren't like pulling off any huge multi prize turns. He kind of had to just play the game normally, trade one for one and stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, and then that brings you into finals, right, against Isaiah? Yeah. Uh, um, I, I want to hear it from your side. I mean, I obviously, um, you know, a lot of us were watching that game, the finals of the largest <laughs> regionals. Um, were you feeling pressure uh, before the game or nervousness? Uh, how were you feeling going into the matchup? So I actually didn't have, like, any time because me and Moffitt went, like, all 75 minutes, and I think it went, like, into time even. And then after I finished, like, they're like, you're playing finals in two minutes. So I quick, like run to get a drink, come back to the stage, and I have to play. So I didn't really have much time to sit and worry about it. Oh, wow. I had to just play right away. So you didn't get time to to psych yourself up or down or, or psych yourself no. out or anything? You just had to just go straight. Yeah. Uh, do you think ultimately that helped you? I mean, it definitely made me less nervous. Like, I when I once I'm actually playing, I'm, like, more focusing on making the right plays. I'm not as nervous. It's more just when I'm waiting and nothing's happening. That right, say, right. Making more nervous. Right, for sure. And then obviously ultimately um you you know you take you take out take him down in three. Um and I think that it, it's kind of funny because uh you know you got you get up with your celebration after there and uh you know unfortunately for Isaiah, he's 
he's uh has his head down and i think somebody made that into like a play mat uh did you yeah. see that yeah that, that guy's my friend who made the play mat yeah. oh geez <laughs> yeah Isaiah. so so have you have you have you used that play mat or if somebody you know, you know played against you or did your buddy play against you with that mat <laughs> so yeah he he was playing on that mat he played on it on knoxville actually and so oh, at really? knoxville we were both on i think it was either 3-0 maybe or and we sat right next to each other and mm-hmm. so then he, his opponent like looks at the playmat and then looks at me sitting right next to him and it was <laughs> it was a funny moment that's great that's great <laughs> um uh, have you have you been able to talk to isaiah or anything about that um is he is he um all for that in good fun or is he upset uh i, I don't know how how that dynamic uh went <laughs> No, he he approved of it. We talked okay. to him first okay. about it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I, I'm friends with him. He's he was fine with it. Yeah, for sure. No, that's that's awesome. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great moment for both of you if you guys are friends. Uh, obviously, he's a great player. Made uh, you know <laughs> to top two multiple regionals, uh, yeah. multiple um, ICs and stuff like that. He'll get his, uh, but it was your turn. Um, so yeah. um, that was great. Uh, you win Orlando, the biggest one. Um, was there any like? feelings that you had um after the fact or you know like you know a week or two after um you know upon that run before you went into knoxville um i was definitely feeling pretty good and excited about it but then then i go to one one k in chicago we drive up with my friends and i I missed top cut at that event and i was feeling i was like well maybe maybe what happened in orlando was a fluke you know i wasn't feeling quite as confident going into knoxville anymore after that one k I mean, even the best of like, I would say most people would agree towards probably the best player in the world winning multiple ICs. But like, I've seen plenty of times where he's gone uh, 02 or 03 drop at a regional. Yeah. So it, it, those kind of things could happen to the best of players. So yeah. uh, definitely not a fluke. Uh, and then you prove that for sure in Knoxville. So I think that's a perfect time to jump into your Knoxville run um, before we get into your run, I guess. Um, your deck wasn't the same 60. So what what made you change a few of those cards? So one thing like before the event, like a lot of people I felt like we're talking about Vikable, especially like especially after OCIC, like the version with Paths was doing pretty good. Um, Path of the Peak, like to turn off your abilities as Lugia, because if they go like disrupt your hand and Path and item lock you, you have no way to find Pumpkaboo. So you, you just have like only way to bump Path is to raw draw into Pumpkaboo which is pretty difficult to do. Right. It was getting a lot of hype. I felt like a lot of my friends were playing it. So I actually played a lot of practice games against it before the event because they wanted to test out Vikavolt as well. Um, and so then because of that, I added Dunsparce to my deck. I don't mm. think Dunsparce is super good normally. Like it, it's decent against Reggie's, but I feel like that matchup still, it still just makes the matchup close and it's still winnable without it. So Right. I don't think it's entirely necessary, but I was like, well, like if it's good against Vikable, it lets you, you can, if they don't ever kill your Dunsparce, you can just keep reading the wind and drawing a bunch of cards with Lugia to find maybe your Pumpkaboo, find what you need, like, or find energies to manually power up your Lugia and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if they, like, when they finally do manage to kill it, maybe by then you've accumulated a hand, you can use Lugia Vistar's ability. Sometimes you can even get you one Archeops and Dunsparce accelerate to a lugia and then they kind of can't do very much they can't kill any of your they can't kill your stuff very easily and so dunsparce in that i found in testing that made the matchup pretty even i would say about 50 50 okay as well um, yeah do you think were you saying um reading the wind with your with your preparation going into knoxville um was reading the wind um helping you get out uh or getting those cards 
um, typically that you needed to get, um, you know, the next turn or two uh, to really, you know, set up your board state before they could really put you in a checkmate position? Against like Vikavolt, you mean? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Against the Vikavolt matchup specifically. Because yeah, Vikavolt, like all your, you can't, a lot of your cards, you just can't play at all. So you're like, well, this hand's dead. But if you are able to get into your Lugias early, you can just keep drawing a bunch of cards and finding what you need to power stuff up, which is that's pretty important in that match if you can pull it, get that set up quickly. Right, right. Very cool. Very cool. So, um, other than the addition of Dunsparce, um, were there any other um, key uh, tech cards that you put in uh, that you know that were different from your Orlando list? Um. So I also added third v Lugia V Star over, um, capturing aroma. Because mm -hmm. that's another card that is pretty good against Vikavolt because you obviously can't have search out your Lugia V-Stars at all. Right. But if you draw, draw, like you can just draw into it and play it down as well as, I mean, it's just another consistency card in general as well. And I feel like it goes good with Dunsparce because, like, against Reggie, sometimes you want to use multiple Lugia V-Stars. Mm -hmm. And so if you're playing, like, if you have Dunsparce in play, then you can set up multiple. And so I felt like it was just kind of good to be able to get two into play and not have to like worry about well did i discard one or prize one or anything in those right. situations you need multiple that makes a lot of sense especially you know uh the different perceived metas going into both tournaments um so with those changes um were there any um beak bolts that you saw day one or any other matchups um day one of of knoxville um didn't hit any beak bolts day one i Hit oh I hit some loss zone early. I was able to win all those games. Um then I started hitting uh Lugias later into the day. Um was able to pull those out. I did have one Lugia mirror uh that I felt like was definitely a little bit sketch. Uh I I lost the flip. My opponent had some pretty good draws, but I was able to pull off some Raikou plays to win game one. And then game three, I was only able to get out one Archeops, but I was able to like get a v-guard energy on my lugia going first and i was kind of just like i hope you can't kill this he was he missed it and then i was able to just use that one archaeos to power up just barely enough attackers it, eventually winning the game with a ranguru barely oh, wow. having enough energy to attack with lap down for my final oh, wow. prize. Yeah. so that was a pretty fun mirror match i felt like oh geez so a ranguru for the win Ooh, that's awesome KO. wow yeah <laughs> very cool so yeah it, obviously you had a successful one was it 9-0 uh day one in knoxville Oh man! Yeah. So between the two of them, you were eight one, eight one, and then uh, nine zero. Yeah, had some good day ones recently. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm like I was saying earlier. I'm I'm super jealous because um, I'm it's pretty good. Uh, exactly. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I mean, I, like we were kind of talking about that the win percentage, like uh, you know, going in for preparation against um, you know, pretty competent players. So some of the testing group here, um, and on the ladder or whatnot, um. You know, felt pretty good with my list, uh, putting a lot of time in there too, and then just not even nearly getting uh, the awesome results as you. So, um, no, that's that's awesome uh, that that it got for you there. But going into day two, um, how was that run uh, leading up into top eight? Uh, did you face any vehicles there yet? Yeah, I did face. I faced a vehicle in day two, and Dunforce definitely helped me out in those games. Mm -hmm. um, he was playing the path version and he didn't have quite the best setups, but like Dunsparce definitely made it like, so it didn't really give him much chance to come back. One of the games against him, I actually did almost run out of energies, but I was able to like smartly make sure I didn't like run out of energy, like kind of preserve them. And I ended up with just with just me passing a bunch of turns, right? Like 
But like I, I was basically forcing him to do something and he didn't want to do anything either because that would let me attack to win, but his right. deck was lower. So he was eventually forced to do something and I was able to use my last energies to win the game against him in that one and beat Very him too. Cool. So definitely a weird game, but Dunce right. Force, I would say, was useful in that matchup for sure. MVP in that matchup. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So was there any other notable or close matches or or, or did you have more of a smooth run um, you know, in the day two portion before top eight, uh, in, in Knoxville. Yeah. So I got all the way to 13 and 0. So I wasn't at that point, I wasn't too worried about my thing anymore. I was kind of just more playing for fun, trying to get to 15. but I wasn't super nervous, you know, right. wasn't exactly always playing optimally at all the time, kind of just like saving some of my mental energy for top oh, eight. Yeah. I mean, such a long weekend, um, you know, you know, Saturday leading into Sunday, especially that many rounds, if you can have a couple um, quote unquote free matches or or matches that you just don't have to put pressure on yourself. Um, that, that yeah, that's super awesome. So, yeah, and then round fourteen, I did hit Brandon Salazar. I'd already mm-hmm. hit him in day one, beat him, but then this time in day two, he was able to beat me. You know, uh, some some judges definitely didn't put me in the best hands, and so right. he was able to overcome that game, put me thirteen and one, and then I hit Piper in round fifteen, which I was actually pretty happy about. Because mm-hmm. I, I have a really bad matchup against her deck. So then I was kind of thinking about it. I was looking at the standings and I realized if I conceded to Piper, that would put her as the number two seed, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And me as the one seed or something like that. Or maybe put her as the three seed. Either way, we wouldn't we wouldn't hit till finals in the bracket. Right. And whereas if I had tied her, she could potentially be at the bottom of top eight. Or if I had... Beat her, she could have bubbled into top eight. Her resistance is pretty good going into the round, and someone would on her record would have made it if I had beat her. So I was just like, if I had like somehow got lucky, you know, donked her or something. So I was just like, I'll scoop to her. Wouldn't hit her to finals. Probably wouldn't have to worry about it, and that ended up working out. Man, to be to be in that situation where you have the awareness of the list and and you know where the bracket may be, um, and to make that kind of decision, super cute. I think. Uh, we talked to Piper before, and she had a similar situation. What was that in um, in Baltimore, right? Going into cut where she she um, had a a draw uh, to avoid a matchup as well. Uh, so that no, the 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 young uh, up and coming players, you know, leveling up uh, recently from you know from COVID, uh, just making some savvy moves going into into the into the top eight. <laughs> yeah, these two they get to both win two regionals. They're both picking their opponents in the right? top eight. I mean yeah. that's the key, right? You you got to know your matchups, and if you if you know there's a bad matchup, yeah. uh, try to put them on the other end of that bracket so they potentially yeah. get knocked out. No, that's got to feel good at least. In, in that situation, you got to feel good. Like, okay, well, I can I can lose this and then save this bad. If if this bad matchup gets to me, it's going to be mm-hmm. in the finals. So, uh, yeah, I was like, you know, the chances of us both winning our two matches and making finals probably pretty low. So I'd rather just. Try to put her on the other side of the bracket and yeah. avoid it. 100%. For and then even if you face her in the finals and then you get, you know, second place, that's still uh, better than bubbling out at eight, right? <laughs> yeah. in, in the round. Yeah, I, w- I would rather have not like had her be eighth seed and I face her in top eight or anything. Right, yeah, right. For sure. For sure. So, no, that's cool. So ultimately it worked out. You didn't have to run into Piper uh, yeah. in the finals, but then you ran into Brandon Salazar again uh, for the, for the, third time yep. that we could hit knoxville um talk a little bit about the finals uh we talked a little bit about you didn't like bioplume because of you know item lock or ability lock you ran into just that uh so you know, how'd that matchup go how'd you feel going in 
So I actually I felt pretty good going in. I was three two in games on the weekend against him. I feel like that matchup is actually pretty fine for Lugia, especially mm-hmm. if you're able to get into Lugia V early and read the wind a lot. That's also good in that matchup because they're going to be doing not much damage to turn with poison. Mm-hmm. So that allows you to build up your hand. And then eventually you can find Lugia V-Star and a gust effect, ideally, mm-hmm. to gust around their wheezing, get up your Archeops, and then that puts you in a pretty good spot for the rest of the game. They have to pull off some weird, like, wheezy plays later to try to stop your energy, but it becomes a lot easier if you're able to do that before they take too many prizes. So going in, I wasn't feeling, I wasn't too worried. I felt like it's a pretty close matchup. For sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. So um, if I remember correctly, I know I watched them, uh, but uh, game it was game three, right? That we we got to, and and he ends up um, discarding. We didn't go to a, game three. Oh, we it was only, a game two. It was a game yeah, two. Okay, I, two. it was the clinching game. It was the clinch. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, uh, but yeah, he ended up um, you know, discarding before he got the deck check. Uh, his his uh, V star or V V max, and then having the other two uh in his his uh prizes. So did did you um kind of like smell blood in the water at that moment or or was that kind of a shock to you or how did that whole situation come down well so he like he like at one point i remember he like marnies or something and then he plays down an ultra ball and then he like searches his deck and he like doesn't get anything i'm like did you fail ultra ball and he says yeah and so at that point i'm like I, and he had an eternity on his board i was i was thought that there's a chance that i mean he didn't he didn't have either vmax because i didn't know why else he would have mm-hmm. not gotten it off the ultra ball so i was definitely you know, at that point, I was pretty excited because I felt like I was going to win. I already felt like I was in a decent spot. But then after right. that, I was like, it's going to be pretty difficult for him to be able to pull this one out. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, um, you know, you were in pretty good control. Or I, mean, you, I think you had a, a little bit of a lucky top deck in game one, right, with uh, with bosses. Uh, but you were still in a pretty good spot. It's not like you were going to oh. lose that turn. Um, and then, and you that know, top just, deck. that top deck was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, like uh, are you talking about the end of game one or? yeah the end of game one right yeah. Yeah, where yeah. you got the boss i got like i got marnied and then like i had i, I had like the choice between promoting archaeops or yveltal i think mm-hmm. i promoted yveltal and then i topped it to roar energy which won me the game and that's what i needed yeah. to close there that one out. Okay. but bo- boss would have also won me the game if i topped it that and that's so right I, that's right it was so, i remember there was a top deck that you needed I, and you got it that, yeah <laughs> that's I, I was, yeah it was funny because I don't know if you've rewatched the stream or not. Uh, because they're the the casters, I can't I think it's Skarzig, was just like they were debating on what you even promote at that time. And they were like, and I they were just like, Well, you just you could just you I think you pushed the Evatol up and then Skarzig was like, Yeah, man, just you know, you throw the Evatol up there and you just top deck it, and then you pull the top deck. And <laughs> so, so there there was, was yeah, there was a lot of thinking going into that decision. Uh Basically, I, I only had two energy left in my deck, somewhat because I didn't manage my energy super well that game. But then I was like, so if I, I was worried if I didn't try to attack immediately, he bossed a Ranguru, I would just be passing. I wouldn't be able to attack anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like, I kind of need to do this as soon as possible. Otherwise, he can just run me out of energy. And then I was like, even if I promote Yveltal, I can draw Aurora, I could draw Boss, which I knew I had one in my deck too. I think there's probably also draw supporters that could have maybe gotten me into Aurora in my deck. Mm-hmm. And also, even if I missed it that turn, he couldn't kill me. So I would have a second turn to try to top deck. He would just be poisoning me, and I would have one more turn to top deck. So I, I thought that was probably the right choice, and I got lucky, a little lucky to top deck the Aurora Energy. I mean, so yeah, you've still got to put yourself was, in those positions to get lucky. Yeah. So you made yeah, the right it was, decision. It was, it was a good call. It was just a very, very much accented 
uh, by the stream and everything as well. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it was it was a pretty hot moment on stream. For sure. So yeah, that that awesome. Ultimately, you go back to back championships. Um, you know, I guess you can really put to to wayside that um, you were uh, a one hit wonder when you were feeling that way um, after that one K. Um, so definitely some validation that you deserve to be there, which obviously, um, you know, we already knew that, but everybody, you know, has self-doubt. But uh, now, hopefully, uh, that it's, it's in your head that you are definitely among the, the top players. Yeah, I definitely felt pretty good after winning. Like, to be honest, I was like, I still wasn't exactly processing it, like, right after. But, I mean, it, it feels pretty cool to went to well how sure. how was the trip home after or after the second one uh with with uh really kind of processing that that you're back-to-back -back champion um and I, I to my memory i don't think i remember anybody doing back-to-backs um you know obviously piper's won two this year um but not back-to-back -back. so yeah how did that like how did that sink in uh i, I was it was definitely like i was i still like am pretty surprised by it but it was definitely really exciting and like yeah on the like after more as more time passed after the event i started like realizing more like how cool it was what i finally what i do cool. so you have two pikachu medals now what are you what are you doing with those are they displayed uh, are they next to each other um or are you just putting them away where you don't see them what, what are you doing with those medals uh right now i'm in my dorm room so i kind of just like have them like on my desk i think or maybe one's in the drawer but mm -hmm. I definitely, when I go home for spring break in a few days, I'll be trying to figure out a good place to put them Very at cool. my house. Hopefully you'll have a few more uh, to, to join those guys uh, in the future. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. If anyone just decides to wear those while they're playing day one, like another region. Yeah. Did you like fit? You hanging around your neck. <laughs> that, would, that would be kind of funny. I was talking about that with some people too. Like what if we all... Everyone with get, medals showed up get, with them. Get too. get that play mat with you celebrating over Isaiah. Have your medals, and then just show up to round one and, and just look at your opponent and see what lay they do. down to my opponent, and then exactly. and then get beat two zero right away. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <laughs> the biggest slap to face. Though I was thinking more of like if you haven't done your finals yet, go to go to go to your class to take your finals and have your medals around your neck and that, that would get be some clout there too. too. <laughs> Um, all right. So, no, obviously, um, great runs there. Um, are you planning on going to any more regionals this season uh, or ICs? Yeah. So, I think going into the event, I wasn't planning to go to EUIC. But now that I have more championship points, I would think that there's a realistic chance I could maybe go for a top 16. So, definitely going to be trying to go to EUIC now. Very cool. And NAIC. For, I was already playing NAIC, but for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, I still don't have my passport yet, so I hope that comes by EUIC. Uh, how long until EUIC is? Uh, it's like middle of April, I feel like, and I ordered my passport in end of January, so it should probably. Oh be yeah, here, you, but... you're you should be completely fine. Yeah, yeah. We we had um a little. I had a situation like that uh, where I got my passport uh, right before Toronto, where I I used the express lane to get it, but I still got it like okay. two weeks before the hand, so you should be completely fine. Yeah, I I, th I think I should be good, but you know, if there's any errors with it or something, that would be kind of yeah. scary. Maybe. It's always it's definitely scary when uh you're just waiting on somebody else or something else to to do something for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but you'll sure. get there. Um, yeah. No, so congratulations again uh, on those runs. Hopefully, continued success. Um, you know, in, into the ICs and the rest of the season, I guess, uh, and then obviously at Worlds. Um, but I, I do want to talk a little bit before we let you go about a different format that um, I find enjoyable 
Um, and, you know, I, I think maybe it's, it's 50-50 between some of the top players. Um, and that is the online team challenge. Um, we're currently, what, in the top 16 rounds. Um, and I saw that you you guys made top, your team made top 32. Um, what's your feelings of the team challenge, you know, versus, you know, just preparation or just playing in like a, um, in a regular regionals? Yeah, so it's definitely way different. I It's like a really cool way to play, I feel like. So I don't know. Again, this is another pokeydata.ovh thing. You can actually see like a team's previous lists that mm-hmm. they've played in the team challenge. And so we would definitely be pulling those up and we'd be trying to figure out, well, make sure if the, in case they run back the same list, you know, we have an answer for all their stuff. Right. And, right. Uh, discussing, but making sure our lists don't get too weak to any deck, you know, because we want to make sure we have answers to everything. Because especially if other people looked at our list, because we, our team would play a bunch of Lugias every mm-hmm. week but we would like put a bunch of different cards in the lugia so like we could we because you know lugia you can adapt to beat most matchups correct and so we would try to we, we'd be like for sure cover for the list that we've seen them bring before and then make sure we have outs if they bring something different as well right right i think that's a very fun uh tactic um like within the same tournament to um, be able to scout your opponents and then make adjustments as a team um to, to those kind of and then even just saying okay you're coach today uh, because you know we we made this meta call and it may, may maybe didn't work out um but you know we right. still made a, a kind of a thing um and i've definitely enjoyed that my team um is uh is continuing to do that in in the scouting and just the camaraderie and i guess it's it just forces more um communication and teamwork um since you're kind of it, playing as more of a team sport than an individual sport and even though pokemon kind of is a team sport as far as testing um, I think this definitely exacerbates that and makes it uh, more prevalent that it is a um, team over player kind of a situation. You have to you have to really work together to figure out, make sure you have cards that cover each other's weaknesses and stuff and mm-hmm. kind of figure out who's going to play what. And sometimes that means you might, you know, you might have to put a card that you really don't want into your deck, but right. kind of just like trust your teammates, like make sure trust what they want to do and right, make sure exactly. that you have answers to stuff. And we're like, so my team, uh, we, we actually made it to top 16 and we're playing against a team that is, is played a few Vika volts. And as a lost box player, I'm like, Ugh. so it's like, uh, what do I need to do to make this matchup a little bit better? Um, you know, it's all about that scouting. So, um, you know, now I can try, yeah. uh, to, to kind of bite because they they've they've showed they say they played the same exact list the last really? two weeks. Okay. So, um, so. But you can never go into that too hard because then you know, I know, if, they, I know. if they hard call, then we did that the yeah. last round um, where we bit in because they they didn't play they didn't play any mews and we're like okay we're cutting our drapions and then they threw a mew in there and okay. every single one of our decks that previously played drapion um, didn't uh, luckily we still um, took the overall win but I think the mew player went three zero against us really we just okay. didn't have that but like we we ended up winning the rest of them but. No, I, I enjoy this uh this this um you know different kind of tournament setting. Um and, and it sounds like you do too. Um do you think they should continue this uh after PTCGO is sunsetted um and then you know with live being our main client uh, going forward? Yeah, I mean I still not I still don't entirely know how well live works with everything because I mean I haven't I haven't switched to live or anything yet or tried it. But right. if, that's to mean they can get it like everything to work, you know, perfectly fine. Then yeah, I would definitely want to keep playing it on live because it's it's like a really fun format and it just feels like 
a different way to play the game, a different way to think about things. And then you kind of get to work with some friends on your decks and stuff. Right. And then one, I guess, uh, one last question I had there as far as that. Um, I know going into Knoxville, um, you know, that was going from 64 to 32. Um, you know, there was a lot of people like myself, or my, my team, two of us went uh, to, to play in Knoxville um, in if we both made day two, we would have missed our matchup. Um, what are your feelings on that kind of thing? Do you think Pokemon should maybe like adjust to these regional schedules as those, or do you think it's just like tough luck if you go if you're going to regionals? Yeah, I feel like they should probably do a little bit better job of trying to worry about like figure out the time, especially like the concept of like one default time where if you guys both disagree, that's like your auto time. I don't really, I don't like that too much. Luckily, we didn't have any problems with the teams really like. Most teams just were flexible and stuff and tried to make it work for mm-hmm. both teams. And they, I think there was maybe one time the t- other team just wanted to do default, but then we were able to barely, we were able to make that work. Like I think in Orlando, like our team, our team was supposed to play during Orlando, right? Like at that, and so I, like I ended up being the captain while I was playing top cut of Orlando, and the <laughs> other three members of my team were playing the team wow. challenge. So that definitely made it a little bit difficult on that because I, uh, but. Yeah, I feel like they could probably do a better job with the time things, but also like there are a lot of events each weekend, so it would be pretty difficult for them to do that. So I'm not entirely sure how that right, would happen right. either. I mean, maybe like some exceptions, like if like a whole team had like a majority of them playing, hey, can we play like on of the following Monday or Tuesday? You know, just give it like a time extension or something like that. I don't, I don't. That's know, maybe. True. Yeah, I feel like yeah, a couple more days to play your matches could definitely be a good idea. Right. Right. Um. And. So did none of your teammates go to Orlando or Knoxville with you? So a lot of them were at Orlando with me, but luckily, because it was always during Top Cut, the other two people in Orlando with me didn't make Top Cut. And then, and so they were playing during my Top 8, as well as someone who wasn't there was also on the, also playing with them and stuff. Right. So they were, three of them were able to pull that out without me, luckily. There we go. They clutched up. And then, I mean, that's a very cool weekend where you win regionals and you advance in, I know. The, in the team challenge. <laughs> yeah, like we were joking about it because we saw the time. We're like, well, as long as no one makes cut, we'll be fine going in. And then right. that, that did happen. And But luckily, yeah, they those three were able to pull it out without me pretty easily, I think, that weekend. Very, and very then cool. Knoxville, we were able to play, be, play like, I think, before that. We you had have to, to play that Friday. Uh, I Sometime, yeah, sometime before the regional. I don't remember exactly, but we were able to work it out so we didn't have to play during the regional yeah. which is good yeah we were in a very close situation where like our our opponent didn't want to change so we went to default and we were very much the same like um one of our one of our teammates had something school related so he couldn't go and then if we both make a cut then we're just uh we're just kind of out where one of our guys is just by himself uh but yeah. ultimately we um we both miscut um yeah. and then we're able to play and then clutch it up but um no i I grin. I think the team challenge is great. I hope they continue this. It's just definitely a different avenue you can take it yeah. and a different look on the standard meta. Yeah, it's definitely yeah because you have to like, you can't just play you know the optimized consistent sixty. You have to make sure you have answers to your opponent's decks as well. Whereas I feel like at regionals you want to generally focus on making your deck consistent, right? But not exactly the same idea in the team challenge. Exactly. Right. Oh, that's. Uh, I think that's it for me, Chuck. Unless you have anything else for for Andrew. Uh, no, not really. Um, you. We went over every all my my list of questions I wanted to ask here at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just have a general question. Well, I just have one general question. It doesn't really pertain to team challenge, uh, anything, but I could just say watching the streams back, uh, watching the streams and everything, you you seem like a very cool customer when it comes to playing up on stream and, and you're not too stressed about the situation. So, like, did, did the stress ever get to you at one point in time and you're just really good at not showing it? Like, on stream like or is that you're in game mode so it's you're good or is it really not that stressful for you so again i feel like i'm way more stressed waiting for things like that's true with tests too like when i'm you know waiting for the teacher to pass out the test but then once we get it I, you know i just do what i'm supposed to do that's kind of how i felt like playing too like i feel like waiting for round one is like more right. stressful for me than playing on stream because once like on stream you don't have that much time to do anything i guess like when you wait to start the game i definitely get a little nervous too but once we start playing i'm just going through everything that i need to do on my turns and definitely not quite as nervous once we play the game i'm glad you said that the turn or you know round one when you're you're sitting there across from your opponent for like five minutes with your cards yeah. already drawn <laughs> that's the worst <laughs> especially if you have a bad hand <laughs> Yeah, you're just like, you're like, I really hope, yeah, I really hope this game goes well. You're like, can I concede? <laughs> you haven't even started, you're waiting five minutes, you're like, you're headsimming, you're like, there's nothing I can do here. You're looking at your hand, you're like, what am I going to do with this hand? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, very awesome. Just to, to roll that kind of into, a, a, like, a secondary question. When you're, so now you've done, like, Going back in time, you've done one read, you've done run Orlando. So you've you're coming off of that. You're into Knoxville. You you have the great run all the way 13, or was it 14 and one or whatever it was that you finished. You hit top eight. Are you like, all right, like let's do this again? Like, do we have that mindset? Like, we're going to finals already again. Like, kind of like what's the headspace when you're right? in a back-to-back top eight like for you i think like so while i'm like waiting for the rounds you know yeah i'm thinking about you know i gotta beat all these people to make it but once i get once we sit down and get across from my opponent i'm like i need to win this match i'm focusing on winning that match making sure each game you know i make the right plays and then i I really don't think about anything besides the that one match until afterwards which i feel like that's helpful to just be able to focus on the one thing try to minimize the amount of mistakes that you make yeah 100 percent no, uh, that's awesome. Again, congratulations um, on all the recent success, um, you know, regionals, team challenge, um, even just, uh, you know, preseason opening, um, all the limitless, uh, you know, success that you had. Um, can, I, you know, I wish you continued luck um, the rest of the season and just going forward. Uh, but I, we, we know that we're going to see you again, top eight, top five finals, um, probably t- a few more wins. Um, so, no, just uh, c- continued uh, success, my friend. Thank you. Uh, good luck in the team challenge, too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this is uh, no IRL success quite yet as far as like day twos or anything. But, um, you know, back to back 32s into a 16 feels OK. Um, so, you know, just continue and try to improve as a player, as as as, as a teammate. And then uh, hopefully that will start to show some, um, you know, um, IRL um, success as well. Yeah. Um, but before we let you go, I mean, this is uh, your time to shine. So if you have any shout outs or plugs or anything that you want to say before we let you go, uh, Mr. the floor is yours. Uh, 
I guess I'd say shout out to all the all my different friends who have helped me test for these regionals and also drove up with me and stayed with me uh, like for Knoxville. I wasn't going to sign up till my friends were convincing me that mm-hmm. a spot in the car like it was the Monday before when they reopened registration. They're like, you should play. And then, uh, yeah, definitely shout out to them for helping drive me there and get me there because pretty long drive from Iowa to Tennessee. Yeah. So shout out to all my friends for sure who, you know, tested against me and helped me get to regionals and stuff made it easier. Very nice. cool. Very cool. Um, and if if people want to, you know, follow you, um, it, where could they find? Where can they find you? Uh, so on Twitter, uh, I'm at Pokehawka, which is the main thing I use to talk to people in Pokemon. So nice. I'd say that's probably the best place to talk to. Me. Very cool. All right. I think that's going to do it. Um, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, hopefully in the future. All right. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, As always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at Pit Pokepod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We'll see you all next time. See you later.